T-Rex knives, local and handcrafted knives built right here in Alberta, Canada. Our hunting knives, fillet knives, and kitchen knives here at the T-Rack shop are custom built for each individual. We take great pride in our craftsmanship and produce an outstanding product made from high quality steel and finished with your choice from a large selection of handle material. Find us at Tracks Knives on Instagram and Facebook, on the web at www.tracksknives.com, or contact Joe at 780-831-5273 or email tracksknives at gmail.com to place your custom order from the T-Rack shop. You will not be disappointed. This podcast is brought to you by Smith Game Calls. Smith Game Calls is a proudly Alberta-based game call manufacturer. They pride themselves in ensuring quality and consistency for each call made. Check out smithgamecalls.ca and use promo code NONTYPICAL for 15% off. This non-typical nation podcast is brought to you by Old Smokes Coffee, crafted coffee for the courageous. And that, folks, is the man, the myth, the legend, Tim Sanford with Old Smokes Coffee. Remember, use promo code non-typical at oldsmokescoffee.com. This is the Non-Typical Nation podcast with your host, Brody Teal and Eric Labrie. Let's talk hunting and absolutely everything else that goes with it. Your knuckle tattoos? You're like, you're like the 50 cent of fucking sheep hunting now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, we are back. And uh, yeah, we've got a fun podcast today. We actually just recorded that last one like three days ago. Yeah. Um, so... When we're recording this one, the last one will be out here uh, probably the day we recorded this podcast. So this podcast will be out in the next few days. But uh, yeah, we're pumped right up. We've got myself, we've got Eric, we've got a special guest, uh, big bad bear killer. This guy's killed everything, mule deer, elk, sheep. Um, if there's a tag in Alberta for it, he's buying it and he's chasing it. We've got Manny Schneider with us today. He's uh, done some work with us at Non-Typical Nation. He's got his own uh, YouTube channel as well called Boreal Huntsman. And uh, yeah, thrilled to have you back here, Manny. We've uh, you know, seen you a while here at the shop. You dropped some uh, critters off a few months back. Yep. But we haven't done a podcast with you yet. So uh, First time. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. So uh, you're up in Alberta. And uh, what's your game plan here for the next few days? Uh, we just met up with, uh, came down from Fort Mac to meet up with Eric here. We're going to do some wolf hunting. He's got a couple blinds set up and some baits out. Yeah. It's the uh, first time I've actually been after wolf. So. Well, I'm glad you're up because Eric and I, we've talked about these goddamn wolf baits every freaking <laughs> podcast. Yeah, and why? Well, I mean, I do wolf baits every winter and just nobody wants to sit at them yet, so... It's it's good it's good to have you. It's good to have somebody finally one to to brave the cold and spend the eight nine hours sitting there waiting for a puppy to come out. And this is prime time, man. Like the wolves, if they're gonna hit it, it's gonna be in in you know middle of February. Um, you know this is sort of the the rut, I guess you could say, for the wolves. And uh, yeah, no, it's super cold, so they're gonna be hitting those bait sites hard. And uh, yeah, so you're sitting for a few days, braving the cold. 
Yeah, I think it's gonna be two or three days. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit in a blind. Yep. Sun up to sundown. Brought my warm gear. Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was telling Eric, like if you know, if you can commit, you know, three days, four days, you know, get out there an hour before that sun comes up, stay out there till the last minute you can stay out there. There's a chance you're gonna catch a glimpse of something. That's the only chance. It's the only chance. Yeah. You know, it's it's gonna happen. Like those baits aren't gonna go four or five days without seeing a wolf. No, and you know, I've been there. Um, I, I try not to go too often to the baits, but you know, the one bait is fairly close to my house. And so I'm there once a week, maybe once every ten days for sure. Um, and they're they're there within a couple days every time I'm there. Yeah. So they're 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 hitting the bait every, you know they could be hitting it every day. Yeah. Um, but they're probably most likely hitting it, you know, every other night, sometimes during the day, and you just got to be sitting there because yeah, for sure. a wolf. Unfortunately, I was telling telling you this earlier. Unfortunately, wolves don't have the instinctive feeding pattern to like feed right before sun up or mm-hmm. right after sun up or okay. right before sundown right after sundown like deer do yeah or moose or elk you know that you'll see deer and elk f- cycle out into a field and feed right before it gets dark mm-hmm. and then they'll feed through the night depending on what the light situation is and stuff wolves they're just when they're hungry they're hungry when it feels right it feels right and they hit that bait to fill up and if something's off even the littlest thing they're just gonna skirt around and avoid it yeah so they're gonna go when it's when it's most convenient and they're the most comfortable with sneaking in they're the boss man they're they're smarter than every other thing out there and there's 10 of them yeah or more so when were you last at that bait so i was last at that bait uh two two days ago okay yeah and it had been hit you know i didn't go actually to the bait i checked on the blind just made sure it was all good yeah uh, situated everything for Maddie to come sit and the bait had been hit I could see it you know the 150 180 yards it is from nice. from the blind yeah and the bait had all been moved around fresh lots of bait still there and uh, so they're, they're hitting it and you know what every time I go in there um, even when we've had fresh snow and I go to fill up the bait and there aren't necessarily wolf tracks right at the bait there are always wolf tracks um, around sort of that cut block that it's in. There's okay. always wolf tracks yeah. on the road. There's always wolf tracks coming in and out of the cut block within, you know, that square or circle kilometer of yeah. the bait. So they're there. And, you know, you might not shoot it over the dead body that's laying at the bait site. Yeah. You might shoot it 200 yards out to the side. That's the nice thing about this particular setup. You sort of have a 300, 400, actually 500 yard circle where you can see a whole hillside. Oh, nice. You got a really good vantage point. Yeah, and and then, you know, the bait's sort of tucked into a really dark timbered corner. So if the wolves are going to come out onto the bait, I suspect they're going to come, they're not going to come behind you. They're going to come out of that dark timber or you're going to see them coming out of the hill, out of the willows, and you're going to have some time to be ready. So in Alberta, you're allowed to, you're allowed to bait for wolves. We're allowed to bait for bear. Now, is it, are there any other provinces you're allowed to bait predators, or is that just Alberta? Do you guys know? So, Alberta, you can't, yeah, you can't bait cougars in Alberta. Um, you, BC, you, you can't bait anything. Yeah, you can bait bears in um, Saskatchewan, for sure. Yeah, bears in Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, um, 
Ken, oh man. I don't know Saskatchewan's got something tricky with wolves, and if you're listening, you're probably shaking your head if you're from Saskatchewan right now. <laughs> but it's, I'm pretty sure in Saskatchewan, no, 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 Saskatchewan, it's the cougar, they can't hunt cougars, they can trap them. But yeah, wolves, I'm pretty positive in Saskatchewan you can hunt wolves and, and trap them. And, and overbait, I'm though? pretty sure you can hunt overbait. It's, it's so I'm tough. Not exactly sure. It's weird how you cross the imaginary line and everything changes, right? Yeah, imaginary every line. province is different, too. Like, the rules in Alberta, there's every WMU, every zone that you hunt in Alberta has got specific rules. Well, an, yeah. an imaginary line, you can shoot a three point, well, you can shoot any elk or you can shoot a six point elk. Just across an imaginary Well, and even, slay, even here where we are, so where you guys are hunting, you can't bait for bears. Or maybe you can that zone, but anyways. So no, where I shot my bears in the spring, if I had gone across the highway That's two it. kilometers, yes. I'm in a baiting zone. Yeah. Two kilometers the other way, I'm back in a no baiting zone. Yes. And so... Um, across the highway. From what I understand, the, the logic behind that is where they were seeing an influx of grizzly bears, they were not allowing baiting of black bears because, because they're going to have yeah. run-ins with grizzlies, right? And the cougars. And the cougars, but now you're seeing grizzlies in every zone. Yeah, I've got cougars on every single trail camera. That can't be the deciding factor, and if it but is, but now it can't be. But I think that's what it was. Just hopefully it doesn't stay that way. Because you got to think they quit the grizzly bear season 14, 15 years ago now, and so you know I don't know when they when they put that law in or that rule in. But um, if they had limited grizzly populations, they aren't going to want guys shooting grizzlies if they're coming out of the bait. And if well, you just don't want the interaction. You don't want the interaction. Uh, interaction with a grizzly, I don't know what the actual odds are. 50-50, one yeah. ends with a dead bear. Yeah. Right? Like, so, yeah, it's, it's strange. And, like, um, yeah, Saskatchewan, you can't, there's no cougar hunt, but they can trap them. In Alberta, there's no trapping of cougars, yeah. zero. Yeah. yeah, and you have to call in every day, I think, when cougars Yeah, go. so, and it's it's weird, too. So there's certain zones that are in the cougar management zone, and that zone runs from sometime in December until end of March. Those are the zones with quotas. So 350, 351 have a shared quota of two males and two females. For the whole huge... How big is that, Eric? 350 is one of the biggest WMUs in the province. And I think 351. I think it's plus 12,000 square kilometers. The one zone. Yeah. So there's two zones. They have a shared quota. So two males, two females. Okay, you can hunt them with dogs in this zone. All of the cougar management zones, you can hunt with dogs. Now, if you go, say... So what, what makes it the management zone? Okay, so cougar management zones are zones with less than a certain amount of private property. So if there's, let's say... Like oh, a percentage of land? Yes. So if, if a higher percentage of land is private property, it's no longer in the cougar management zone. It's no longer allowed to use dogs. And the season runs from September till the end of November. So I thought that was so interesting mm -hmm. when you mentioned... Um, I don't even remember when. And exactly. there's no quota in those zones. I don't even remember exactly what we were talking so about, bad. but um, you said you were telling me about um, the dogs and the cougar hunt, and, and you explained that there was no way you're not allowed to hunt dogs in these private zones because, 
And I never thought of this. Yeah. You can't control the dog. Exactly. From just chasing a cat from fence to fence to fence to fence. Exactly. That's what it is, right? And so, like, cougars, they'll just keep going and going and going. And you could let go on a track on a cougar that's 18 hours old, and they leave so much scent with your big oily pads that those dogs will... That's fine. Like, 16, 18, 20 hours is fine with a cougar. But that cougar might be five miles away. It's such a totally different way of hunting that it's just like I never even thought of that being a reason for them to choose to not be allowed to not allow dogs in a certain zone. Yeah. I didn't think it would be private land. Like that was the last So that's what it is. And so the cougar management zones um, are the zones you can use dogs and they're the zones with co- quotas and they're very limited quotas, right? So two males, two females, you gotta call in every day until it's full. Um, the zone south of here, it is still open for males, last I checked. And um, the zones that aren't in the cougar management zones, they still have cougar seasons, but you can't hunt them the same time the other zones are open for dogs. So they run during your like normal big game season, September, October, November. So how do you even do it then? It's just... You got a call, or it's like an opportunistic thing, right? You're, you have the tag in your pocket, you're elk hunting or you're deer hunting and you see a cougar and you can shoot it because there's no quota. And um, I'm pretty sure they still have to be registered. Um, you know, definitely don't quote me on this. I'm not exactly sure. But anything killed in the cougar management zones um, has to be registered with Fish and Wildlife also. And they pull the pre-molar and then they'll age every single one that's... Uh, so they're just taking measurements. Yeah, figuring out the age and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, So yeah, while we're still so. on the topic of cougars... That post I sent you, yeah, that blew my freaking mind. A dog and a so these guys packed, they took they took string of horses, put hounds on one in one horse in a in panniers. They took like three hounds or something. On horses. Put them on horseback. Yeah, and packed them into the mountains to do cougar hunt in December. And they had to turn around after. In Alberta, yeah, I guess the weather got crazy and they got flooded out and it was kind of a shit show, but. I just saw it on a, a Facebook group, and I was like, man, that's unreal, it man. Is. Like, you, once you get into the little world of cat hunting, yeah, the places and the things people do, it's just I find a lot of species, unreal. a lot of different hunts are like that, too. Oh, for like sure. In Alberta, like, it's just a whole nother thing, and a whole nother expense. Like, you, if you get into, like, waterfowl hunting... Yeah. There's so much gear that you need. Yeah. yeah you need a trailer for yeah, all your decoys. It's and crazy. Then, and then even elk calling. You know, it's its own specialty. Getting getting these bulls in. You get into you got guys that just specialize in predator hunting. And yeah, it's like every species is just its own thing, its own expense. It's crazy, man. The latest thing which I've been absolutely obsessed about is this dog thing. Dog like, it thing. is insane <laughs> to see these dogs work. Have you ever been on a cougar hunt? No. Oh, man, no. it's unreal. Like, the one I went on, it was, I think, four days or five days, and the first, like, three or four days was nothing at all. Not a single fresh cougar track, so we didn't let the dogs go. I was about to go on the last day, and I got a call from from the houndsmen and so we're just covering ground at this point we're all dispersed looking for looking for tracks and they got onto a fresh one and we let these dogs loose man and it was just unreal the excitement hearing those dogs bark seeing the excitement of those dogs not knowing which corner you're going to turn in the bush and there's going to be a line in the tree and uh, just seeing those dogs work it's absolutely unreal and then when we went to bc 
And same thing, you know, you see the excitement of the dogs, and it is freaking super, super cool. And these dogs are outfitted with GPS and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, they got GPS on them, and, like, the first ones we let loose on, they went, like, nine clicks, like, a long ways. And all he does, he doesn't doesn't shock them, he just beeps them. So their collar will beep, and these dogs are so well-trained, he'll do three beeps, and they just come right back to him. He's like, yeah, we'll just stay here. I beeped them. He said, they'll come back. And sure enough, there's one, two, three, and all six of them came. And so I want to do, I want to hunt bears with dogs. Like, I'm like you. We've killed a lot of bears. Now, every year we're killing one or two bears, right? And so we always try and do something a little different. Last year we did, you know, hunted them from the ground. And um, this year I thought it'd be cool to try and call one, like find Mm -hmm. one and try and call it in, get it in nice and close. Um, but hunting them with hounds, I think, would be super cool. I had a friend, actually, uh, up in Fort McMurray there. He uh, called a black bear in with, a, like, a rabid distress yeah. call. And that was a spot and like, a spot and stock bow hunt. Okay. And he was watching this bear on a cut line, and it was just before last light, and this couldn't get a shot. The bear went into the woods, so they, uh, they hunkered down. Pulled out this rabbit distress call wow. and started squealing away, and that bear came back out, and he got a shot off with the bow. Holy smokes. Yeah. That's wild, man. And that's what I was thinking, something along those lines where you spot one, and then, you know, position yourself so you can try and get that thing coming in on the call. They're curious. Bears yeah, are for sure. Curious. Yeah, so... So yeah, we'll see how that goes. But just trying to change things up a bit. And uh, yeah, but your wolf hunt, man, you got here, you know, tomorrow morning. Have you ever hunted wolves before? I haven't specifically set out for wolves before. Um, I've ran into them lots. I've been stalked by them. That wasn't uh, the greatest feeling. Oh, no way. <laughs> Deer hunting or elk hunting? Or yeah, I was, out, uh, I was out whitetail hunting with a friend. This was probably about seven years ago. And uh, we slept in our pickup trucks that night. It was like minus 40. Holy smokes. And we kept hitting the remote start, waking up every hour, hitting the remote starts just to stay warm. And it had just snowed that night. Next morning, so we started, uh, we got up in the morning, started walking this one trail. And there was absolutely no tracks. There was nothing on the ground. And the trail did about a three or four kilometer loop. By the time we got back to where we started, there was wolf tracks following our tracks. Right on your tracks. Wow. <laughs> right on the tracks. That's like, we're yeah, the only yeah. thing moving in yeah. the cold day. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And in uh, that hunt, yeah, we were out there three or four days and never seen a single deer. Wow. And it was just, I don't know, too cold there, just hunkered yeah. down. A lot yeah. of wolves, too. Did well, you hear been... the wolves? Hmm? Did you hear the wolves? No. Howling or anything? No. No. Yeah, I've been, well, I've been putting bait out since it's been cold, right? It's yeah. been cold for the last 10 days, between minus 30 and minus 40. Yeah. And the moose and deer totally stopped moving. Not moving, Like, yeah. that road I travel, it's 13 kilometers of nobody else driving it, right? So it's, and it's fresh snow in the yeah. hills almost every night. Yeah. No tracks on the road, no deer crossing that road. You've hunted that road in the fall. Yeah. It's just wild with oh, deer sure. and stuff. Moose, too. And then uh, I went back, you know, two days ago on it, that nice day. Mm-hmm. And moose tracks everywhere. I actually saw a cow and a calf. Wow. Deer crossing the road everywhere. And then, you know, the wolves too. But the wolves are really the only thing that moves when it's like minus 40. Yeah. Everything else just hunkers down. 
Yeah, no, they'll hunker down near a food source and just stay there, move as little as possible, you know, continue and I, eating. And I think so the wolves can... really do the same thing, right? They, yeah. That bait's there, it's cold, mm-hmm. they're just hunkering down. They might not be as close as, like, a deer would be to their feed, but, yeah. but they're still in that, that area. They be too far, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they, they know it's there, they know it's reliable, you food know, source. for fallback. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Yeah, the other time uh, I was there just coyote hunting, and I was on a cut line, called in a coyote, shot him, threw him over my shoulders, and I was hiking back back to my ranger, and there was a black wolf that jumped the trail right in front of me. Wow. And then I seen a few more run, uh, it was just west of me on the trail, running through the bush. So they're almost like circling me. I don't know if they're curious as what was going on. They heard the gunshot. Maybe they thought there was food or... Yeah what was going on but yeah I couldn't get a shot at any of the wolves they just kind of circled around me and then they were gone wow yeah we get a lot of wolves actually from up in Fort Mac like a lot of guys up there hunting them yeah um actually I think one of your ex-co-workers or something you were at his house and he had seven or eight wolves that we had done for him like five or six years ago yeah and did you hear the story or see the video of the two wolves he killed with one shot Oh, wasn't that I in a magazine? I've got the magazine. Like, you know right that guy? Here. I read that story like, yeah, we years ago. Yeah, you yeah. mounted yeah, it? Yeah, we Holy mounted it. Holy shit. I, I didn't know anything. I've got it. the magazine on the shelf here somewhere. Man, I read that. How old is that article, though? Um, So it would have been the first or second year I was here. No, probably second because I think we were in Canuso then. So 2014. Yeah, so I was like mid high school. Yeah, and, and I so read the article. Year or two I was like, man, that's the coolest yeah. fucking thing. Yeah, two, two holes, one, one shot. shot. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, world. yeah, and he killed a lot of wolves. Like he just had a good setup and consistently killed wolves. And that's pretty much all it takes. It's like a bear bait. You just luck out every now and then where it's in a just a dandy spot, and you know you you've got a good setup to to see them and to shoot. And um, ultimately, and they just continue you know, with wolves, it's just they gotta feel comfortable. Yeah, they're just so smart. Yeah, that you know, if they're not comfortable, they know they can get a meal somewhere else. They're yeah, not gonna risk their life. Where a bear, you know, a bear's like, well, it's easy meal. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen, <laughs> right? Bears. I had Where, wolves jump the trail too in front of me when I was in the ranger. I was okay. probably doing like 50, 60 kilometers an hour down yeah. the trail, and a wolf will just jump right in front of me. Yeah, we actually we put a video on on Facebook uh, four or five years ago. It ended up getting removed and it was a guy snowmobiling, a friend of one of the members in our team. And he had a pack of wolves running right in front of him and he was snowmobiling behind him. And this went on for like four or five minutes and they just would not get off the trail. And I ended up getting yanked off Facebook. But um, yeah, you know, sometimes when you don't have a gun, they're, <laughs> they know and they're right in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like they can smell it on you. I seen a few hunting uh, this fall, but uh, you know they're so damn quick, man. If they know you're around, they're well. Fuck. They look don't at, go far, look, but look at those ones. Around. The ones we saw when we were sheep hunting, they had to have known oh, they were there. Massive. They, yeah. And they, yeah, man, they were like ponies. It was ten or eleven of them. Wow. Big big wolves. Yeah, they were unreal, huge, and they just we got footage of it. I mean, they just walked on the skyline, looked at us the whole time. Started peeling over the other side. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's we're, like we're, they were laughing at us. It was just like, ha, screw your sheep hunt. 
Jeez, eh? Yeah, there was three of us. We were just hiking up the one face there. And then I looked over, and at first I thought it was a bunch of goats or something. Got the binoculars wolves. out. And I'm like, man, there's wolves. Yeah. That's wild, man. And, uh, that, yeah, that quickly ruined that trip for us. Yeah, it was pretty... Pretty quick, we were like, well, there goes our four days. Yeah. yeah. There's no freaking sheep. Wolves are hard on sheep? Well, the sheep are just, they're they so just smart to be too. Around. They're just yeah. like, no, I'll just go somewhere else. Yeah. And yeah. We were, where we were, we were in like a small range of mountains and then a big, large valley that goes into a bigger range of mountains. Yeah. So those wolves, if they push the sheep out, well, they just go into the valley and chase moose or whatever else. It's just this one large bull and it was... One bull that was just really hard to get into. We got in there, but it's just one of those spots, you know, sheep like to be there. Yeah, it's sheep a good sign spot. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, once if there's wolves in there, the sheep are gonna see it. Yeah. They're gonna see those wolves and they're gonna blow out of there. Yeah. So that was a late season hunt, wasn't that it? That was Thanksgiving weekend, October. Oh, okay. Last week, October, whatever. Was that your first time going into that area? Or that's All of ours, yeah. 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 Yeah, I had uh I've been looking at that spot for quite a few years. Always wanted to go in there. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if, if you messaged me, Eric, or if it was me and messaged you. <laughs> One of us was like, you want to go for a sheep hunt? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, somebody was like, hey, is it a good idea to go on a late season sheep hunt? And three of us were like, yeah, I'll be coming. <laughs> Thanksgiving weekend, sold. Yeah, and so both of you guys had went early season as well, not together though, separate, right? Yeah, so I went, I did the first three, well, I did four days, first four days of season, and then it just was not worth it. I mean, Katie ended up getting hurt again, and then we just saw so many people that it was like you couldn't find a, a mountain yeah. to walk on your own. There was just no way. You could see guys from the highway walking with backpacks and rifles on the skyline. That's it crazy. Was unbelievable. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, let's just go home. I'll start hunting elk. Yeah. And, you know, I'd like to go back later in the year. Yeah. And we'll just see what happens. And you got a non, you filled your non-trophy take. Yeah. So last year was probably, well, 2020 was probably my busiest hunting season ever. I had a draw tag, and I pretty much just bought every tag that was available. <laughs> <laughs> so this year I'm just man, I'm you filled them. You filled Did them? you fill yeah. all of them? Except moose. Almost. Except moose, eh? I didn't have a moose tag. No, it was uh, just the archery. Yeah, I had a, my cousin there. He had. Uh, he had to draw a moose tag for okay. where we go elk hunting, but that never got filled. I did buy the the general archery moose tag, which was only good for a few days. Yeah. So I kind of went I went out for the moose for a few days with my daughter, and we weren't seeing anything. And then that turned into a velvet whitetail hunt, and almost had a nice one. From there. From there I went down sheep hunting because I had that non-trophy draw which so trophy sheep opens August 25th in Alberta and then that uh, non-trophy sheep is later in September. Oh okay I see. So we we got in after the rush I guess into the mountains after the big rush and uh, when we got in there, there were two camps in the spot that we normally go sheep hunting. And seeing all the ewes, we tracked them all down like the day before it was open for the non-trophy. And then we kind of just left them alone. And we still had a trophy sheep tag, so we did look around a little bit for a ram. 
but our our main goal was just to get a sheep and to fill that to fill that non-trophy sheep tag. I've never had sheep meat. Really wanted to try it. So. Yeah, yeah. How is it? Probably the best meat. Oh, really? The best meat I've it ever had. It lives up yeah. to the hype. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But yeah. then I've I've heard a lot of guys say that trophy sh- like a a ram. Yeah. It's like boot leather. Yeah. But those those use. I think a lot of guys don't know how to cook. So good. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine. I've never eaten a ewe, but I've eaten uh, stone and doll sheep, and they're really good. Oh, okay. Really good. And I always it's say, just uh, like totally different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's what you're. I think after a while you get used to it too. But I mean, there's a bias when you're eating ribs in the mountains on a fire. I was just gonna yeah. say that you know and everything always tastes better. That's it. When you kill it and you're eating it over a fire or at hunting camp, um, rather than you know frying it up in in your kitchen, basically. Like uh, Joe really wanted to try the links, and I'm like, man, I'll try it. But we gotta like cook it right here, right now. So you guys ate some? I didn't. Oh. We didn't cook it. That was the thing. Oh, okay. I said like, if I take some back in my kitchen and try and cook links, I can guarantee you, I'm, it's not gonna be good. I'm not a good fucking cook. But I said if we fry this up here, it doesn't matter if we have salt and pepper on it or nothing on it. I'm probably gonna fucking like it yeah, because we worked our ass off <laughs> yeah. for it, right? Um, but uh, yeah, no, I didn't. He ended up taking the two back quarters off of one of them, and he was gonna smoke them and try them out. So <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people actually commented and said, you know, if it, it tastes like cougar, which isn't too bad. Well, apparently the cat meat is supposed to be. Yeah, I've heard amazing. cougar is really good. Yeah. yeah. So if I had got a cougar, I was gonna take some of the meat. Um, well, the this... I had anticipated. There wasn't. There was yeah, much I was gonna say. Really, but like the back leg is like a turkey drumstick, yeah. basically. You know, I've heard the same thing about coyote too, though. I've eaten coyote. Like, apparently, coyote. Once <laughs> oh really? If you get over the fact that it's a coyote, yeah. it's not that bad. It's pretty uh, good. I, I mean, it's not. I wouldn't say pretty good. It was <laughs> stringy, but you know what? Back to that point. I mean, I it was okay. Like I, if I was hungry, I'd yeah. eat it. <laughs> but I I shot it, um, and then cooked it over a fire, literally bone in leg, yeah. just ro- holding it by the foot, roasting. It's a big shank. Yeah, roasting yeah. the back quarter on, over a campfire in minus thirty. Yeah. Or minus twenty five, and then just like, eating it like a Viking. Yeah, and you're starving, right? You just kill that thing. It's just yeah. It's like yeah, this is all right. But yeah, it's edible. I mean, it's not great. Yeah. But I'm not going to take a coyote home that I shoot in the field, hang it in my garage, skin it, and then cut the back straps out of the thing to put in a frying pan at home. I'm not going to do that. Why not? Well, you know what, man? <laughs> the reality of... Times aren't that tough yet. <laughs> but times are going to get that tough. It's going to come down to we're only going to be able to hunt the animals that we're going to eat. And that's what BC is seeing. I don't want coyote, though. So BC, <laughs> it's now mandatory to... Keep your cougar meat. Keep your bear meat. Um, yeah, and, and you know, like Doug, our outfitter there, he said, you know, it's it's you guys should do this because it's it's one more positive. So is it meat and hide, or is it meat or hide? Meat and hide. And hide. I don't know about bear. Yeah, I was gonna say because when a bear, yeah. that's a tricky. That's a tricky. I feel like that's yeah. gonna increase the predator population by in, by well, implementing those. If rules. we're talking bears. Um, I would say meat or, or hide. Yeah, you solve everybody's. You solve all my problems. Well, that's that's meat or hide. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, from a taxidermist perspective, it's I not hate the to greatest. I go to waste. 
Exactly. But, but you have guys killing bears, giving the hide away, and just not doing anything with the meat. Or guys, it's guys getting rid of the hide anyway. Yeah. But, I don't know. I find that weird, like, with a predator that you would have to keep the meat. No, meat or hide. So you either take the hide or you take the meat. But the thing is, I, I like, I, I will kill a bear for the meat. Nine times out of ten. If it's a trophy, well, I'll kill any bear, even if I don't want to eat them. We've dropped a whole freaking bear off of the butcher before and just butcher it, man. Do just, what you want to do, and we pick up, you just know, a big 80 pick. pounds of meat. Yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't, you know, I don't, typically I don't harvest my, my eating bears off of baits, and I probably wouldn't do that. But, you know, so say if you want to hunt over a bait for a trophy bear, you take the skin, that's your trophy, you're good. Mm-hmm. You don't you shouldn't have to take the meat because you're baiting it. You're and that's typically what I do, right? Like last year we got one over bait, we got one. But if you get one spot, spot stock, stock, and that's the one that we kept all the meat. Yeah, from. and it's like, it's, you know, you might just shoot any bear because you want to fill the freezer. Yeah. But it's a healthy one that's eaten off the ground. No, I have, I have no issues with with that, and even with cougars. Um, it's just tough to obligate people to pay for the hide on bears yes like it gets so expensive and that's and a lot of people don't hunt right because don't hunt bears because and have never already killed three bears and i can't afford to get another one tanned another one tanned and a rug and this and that because you got to do something with them right what a lot of people are just turned away my dad's a perfect example always turned away from bear hunting because you have to skin it you have to do something with the hide yeah just always donate them yeah absolutely but it was easier for him to just Take that off the table. And he's not the only one. Like, there's other people out there that yeah. are like that, right? But yeah. then some some are going to say, well, why are you shooting bears if you don't want the hide anymore? Or you well, can't afford it. Meat. Or you don't want the meat. But that's the other thing, too, in Alberta. Is we have so many black bears. Yeah. It's a problem. And yeah. so that's it's why you hunt same, them. It is the same with yeah. wolves. And like, I agree. That's why I hunt them. I will, I will, as long as we have as many bears as we do around here, I will always try and kill two a year. Because yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I love hunting bears. And yes, I have, you know, 11 bear hides. But, you know, it's, I want to see more moose rather well, than more bear. And if it means taking out two bears, it's not going to make a huge difference, but it's yeah. going to help a little bit. I'll right? never have enough bear hides either. Yeah. Like, I'm not the one complaining that I have too many bear hides. For sure. not me. There are guys out there that can't afford to have yeah. bear hides. Me, I'll take care of them. I make stuff. I, like, um, traditional tan them and stuff if I have to, whatever. Yeah. I'll never have enough bear hides, so I'll always kill two a year if I can. But it would be cool if you could choose between the meat and the hide. Yeah. Because I shot a, I shot a bear once on the last day of the season. Exactly. This thing was rubbed out to all hell, and um, I'm ended, I'm doing a shoulder run with it is what I'm doing. But something like that, it would be neat to say, hey, I want to fill my tag. I want to remove at least one bear from this area, but this thing is shitty hide. So, you know, if I could keep the meat over the hide. Um, it makes a lot of sense. And so how funny is it that you can shoot a bear, and I don't know, tell me if this is legal or not. <laughs> you can shoot a bear, and you have to take the hide. You have to salvage the hide. That's what it says in the yes. regulations. But, but if, I brought, you, if I brought a bear to you, if I brought a bear to you as a taxidermist, <laughs> and I said, I want you to mount from the neck to the nose. And the rest is going in the garbage. You'll throw the rest in the garbage. Yeah. Or the tax service will throw the rest yeah. in the garbage. Yeah. Because what are you going to do with it? Yeah, so... But that's... Is that... Would that technically not, by book, be legal? 
Oh, it is. You got to yeah, you got to salvage the hide. So even though you're taking maybe ten percent, yeah. you know, like I'm not knocking anything, but like devil's advocate, oh, I know. right? And then you look at, and I and appreciate a lot of guys get shoulder mounts. I appreciate a items, shoulder right? mount yeah. for a bear because they look really cool. Yeah. But when you're mounting it and you see how much hide just gets shoved oh, yeah, to the side, yeah. it's like, oh, that's like three yeah. quarters of the bear. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I've actually, I had a, an American who went to with an outfitter. He got two bears and he called me and he's like, hey, the one bear, I don't even want it. I'm like, man, legally you have to keep this bear. Like you legally have to. Yeah. He's like, well, can you just, I'm like, no, man, it's your tag. You got to keep it. So we ended up just handing it for him. But um, yeah, he, and he, he said, you know, it's weird, man. Like he said in the States it's it's one or the other I keep yeah. my meat or I or I keep my head or I think he said we're only obligated to keep the meat in the states and say yeah no it's different here right you yeah. gotta well, it's state by state you just gotta like keep, the, keep the high right, right? yeah zone zone. and that was sort of weird to me because this guy paid an extra you know two thousand dollars for a second bear or whatever it was for the grip and grin for photo for the grip and grin photo <laughs> and then fucking doesn't even want it right oh, well. but uh, he got it in the end and uh it's just yeah, no. It's, it's just funny the the rules we take part in, right? Yeah, but I, you know, I, I think it would be one step forward to say you gotta keep the meat from, you know, bears and cougars, just because it gives us another reason for saying, hey, you know, we do eat these animals. We aren't just killing them for. I think if you gotta yeah, take the meat hunting. from a bear, though, you're gonna have a lot less dead bears, which is yeah, a, which is a negative. So now what if it's just you have to salvage the meat so you can give it to your dogs or you can give it to, you know. I don't know. Yeah. We're not the ones that are <laughs> voted in by. So actually the guy I was hunting with and he, he told he's public with this, what they do with a lot of their guided bears is they donate it to shelters. The oh really? Yeah, they meat. take it. They, they take, take the bear it. meat. Because I've actually so they, heard the same, but they won't take it. Yeah. So what they do is they go halfers on the butcher fees. Yeah. And then they'll donate it to these food shelters. Well, that's and great. They'll take the bear meat. That's great. But I've heard shelters that won't take it too. Yeah. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Because he's nothing, like, man, we kill nothing you know, wrong with 15 that. bears, 10 well, bears a year. So I've worked in a bear camp where we skin them and dump them in a gravel pit. And that's the thing, man. And there's all these bear camps. They're dumping and 30 fucking bears. A there's season. a grizzly bear that lives on the backside of the gravel pit. Yeah. And when you go to dump the second bear, you dump one in the morning, you dump one in the afternoon. The one from the morning has been packed, like literally lifted up, carried. Yeah, that's crazy, man. It's like, what are we doing here? And it's it's a bit it's a shame when you see that Absolutely. much fucking meat, right? Yeah, it's like looking at cattle or pigs. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it, it is. Pay grade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of issues in this system. <laughs> I think it's like that everywhere you go. Though. Yeah. Well, we can get into it, right? Like we could even talk. You want to get dangerous? You can talk about the uh, trophy, non-trophy sheep tag. And uh, obviously you support that. I support it. Well, the way I look at tags in particular is if the biologist is going to issue tags, I'd like to think that he's got enough knowledge. But um, again, to play devil's advocate, there's no biologist up here anymore. Oh, and uh, yeah, there's no biologist in this immediate area. So, so what are we doing? People, so have, people have something to say about the non-trophy sheep tag? Oh, there's lots. Of, I don't know. You don't 
You haven't dived into it? I haven't dug into it too much. I, I know I several did, guys it who seems, draw that egg just to hold it in their pocket so one less person's killing a non-trophy. Very sheep. controversial. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But then you go out there on a, a time like you did on your first time, you see a hundred of them. A hundred and some, and yeah. no rams. Yeah. So... But... Yeah, and the Rams are smart. They go to the park. The ewes know that they don't get bothered. They don't get pushed around. They don't get shot at. Nobody dies. See, and then I had a friend of mine who actually... Because I asked, I asked him when I pulled my non-trophy sheep tag. I said, am I going to get a lot of hate for, for you know, harvesting a non-trophy sheep, for getting a ewe? And he goes, yeah, it's, it's 50-50 yeah. with people. And he says, but there's an article out there a guy did, there was research done saying that if there's too many ewes, these rams actually don't grow as big. Oh, really? Because it... They don't have to. They don't have to. There's no competition. Their testosterone is low. Yeah. They're not fighting for these ewes because there's just so many of them, and it actually stunts the girl. Yeah. And so I mentioned that to you one day at a shop. We were talking <laughs> with Jeremy, our friend there. Um, so a ewe... Like, unlike other animals, so say you got whitetails, whitetail does standing in a field with a big buck. That big buck might leave to chase another buck away, and another smaller buck might sneak in and breed that doe. That doe will let him breed her. Yeah. Okay, but a sheep you will not let a subordinate ram breed her. She just won't let it happen. The most dominant male... Has, is the one that gets to breed the ram and heat, or the 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 you and heat. The you and heat. Yeah. She won't let it happen to a subordinate male. They're always banded up, right? They're mm-hmm. always in little groups. So the biggest male is most often very obvious in the group. She's not going to let any subordinate ram breed her. She's yeah. not going to let it happen. So that ram, he's spending his time chasing and pushing the younger ones away, but then he also has to breed her. So if you have so many ewes out there. They're just getting bred because the rams will just spread out. Yeah, and exactly. a subordinate ram in a, in a normal band is a mature, the most mature ram in a spread out band yeah. or, a, you know, a dispersed. So now what does the Wild density? Sheep Foundation think of non-trophy sheep tags in use? Like, have, you, sure. have you read anything into it or heard anything? Uh, I don't want to quote them at all. No, yeah, I no. have no idea what their stance <laughs> is. I know that it, like Manny said, though, if you've looked it seems it. very 50-50 with you know at least on social media when it comes to a lot of guys are very public about the fact that they draw that to sit on it yeah very i've seen guys on tv do it absolutely and they'll go they'll dangle it in people like you and me's face they'll go haha i got my sheep tag and it's not getting punched because they don't they don't believe in it um but i don't know i think sheep are so tricky and we're still learning about them Yeah. yeah we have issues i think we have a bigger problem than you know the however many, the very small number of ewes that get taken every year, I think we have a bigger problem with the fact that we are only full curl or only five, uh, four-fifths of a curl. We don't do any age harvesting. And so our rams... Which is causing more issues now. Our rams are growing tight yeah. and young. And we're the same problem where the sheep that make, they break that bridge in their nose, they make that full curl, they're illegal what we would call a squeaker, which is like just barely right at the line you're looking at it all day long to make sure it's legal. Those are the rams that get shot. The big old broomed off ones, they're not getting shot. Yeah. So they're getting past breeding 
and they're still being dominant, but they're not, and they're not letting the other ones mate. They're not mating either. Yeah, yeah. So now you're getting these these sheep that are literally bred to reach the nose and get shot, and they're dying at five and four. Yeah. And six so instead getting, of instead of nine yeah. and eight and eleven. And these are the genes that are just getting passed on now, and those are we're literally breeding small sheep. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the a lot of the sheep that you're seeing now, like they'll grow far back. Yep. And curl curl forward, but they don't go past the front of like the a eye. Question mark. Oh, okay. Just straight out towards the nose. Never mm. break that mm. line. So they're not they're not getting shot, and then now they're breeding, mm-hmm. and the next generation of sheep's the same thing. It's crazy how where you know cha- like how biology just does that in the Yukon. Time, well, right? it's it's evolution. Evolution, right? yeah, it does it over time. Uh, in the Yukon, it's uh, what is it? Seven years old. Okay. So you get seven rings, or. Full curl. Now, Alberta is what? Four, four, five, four-fifths of a curl, right? Three-quarter curl, whatever. It has to yeah. break just the eye line. doesn't actually have to break the bridge of the nose. Okay. Um, now, I would never shoot anything that didn't break the bridge of the nose. It's another eighth of an inch yeah. or half an inch. So, But in the Yukon, it's seven years old, so seven annuli rings or that full curl. Wow. But no outfitter, at least that maintains their area well, is going to let a client shoot anything that's younger than eight because a mature sheep is 10, oh, 11, okay. 12, wow. right? So why, why are you shooting the breeding stock of big sheep? It might be a big exactly. sheep. Why are you shooting the, that Shoot the one with bigger bases that yeah. might be broomed off. It's a little bit older hmm. and take care of, maintain your population, right? Herd control. Yeah, the sheep is a complicated one, eh? It's complicated, and it's tough because in Alberta, <laughs> you give all us rednecks an over-the-counter tag, yeah. and some guys can get out of their pickup, walk for three hours, shoot a sheep, yeah. win the lottery, and some guys can go back for 14 days and never see a ram that would even make them crack a smile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, something I haven't tried. But, uh, so you guys seen a lot of guys hunting this year? A lot of sheep hunters oh, yeah. in Europe. Everywhere. Everywhere. It doesn't... There were just Elk hunters and everywhere. Oh, yeah. And every I, kind of I hunting. think it's because of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I think COVID's got a little something to do with it. Yeah. But I, I noticed that, too. Like, even some of my my honey holes were just... All of a sudden, there's people there. I've never seen people in some of my spots. And this year... Yeah. It was, it was different. Yeah, we noticed that here too at the shop. Just it was a very busy, busy year. And actually, my whitetail. So my whitetail episode I'm working on right now, day one. So I was saving all of November just to hunt, you know, whitetails. And uh, November first, I was going to an area where I never ever seen anyone. I had a few cameras set up, and it was looking like a good spot. And I got there November first at like 5:30 a.m. So super early. And sure enough, there's like human tracks going right into the cut block I'm going into and I'm like fuck man like they were just here yesterday right so I turn around go out of there go to a new spot and I'm literally talking to the camera and I'm like yeah so I went to spot number one there were people there yesterday so I'm trying this brand new spot it doesn't look like anyone's been here in quite a while and a truck comes pulling up right beside me as I'm recording this freaking video <laughs> and so I'm like well with COVID this year we've been seeing a lot more people hunting and yeah, you know, we noticed that 
everywhere I went, just a ton of people. And we noticed that actually in bear season to start. There were some areas where we bear hunt, and there was a bear baiting sign on every single road. Well, Not shitting you, we counted like 20-some signs down a 20-kilometer stretch. Yeah, it was like every wow. kilometer yeah. was a sign. But it was like two or three signs, guys that just plastered the area. But Whether it, they have baits there or not, I'm not sure. But even people coming it. into the shop every day of the week. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, we're camped way back in such and such. and Yeah. And we're bringing in this bear, and then Buddy's going to bring in these two bears tomorrow. And yeah. And that's when we noticed that first was bear season, just probably our busiest bear season we ever had. And then still with fall, we didn't, you know, we were, we never knew what to expect, but it was still just super busy and a lot of bears so what that told me is it was a lot of like first time hunters because you go out deer hunting or moose hunting you're always going to see bears around here right you're going to see a yeah. bear somewhere well and they're always going to give you an opportunity as a taxidermist you're not seeing those first deer no unless it's a cranker yeah yeah for you're sure you're not seeing those does you're not seeing those spiker bucks yes we're seeing the bears because they have to because they have to get them done that's right that's right yeah so um, yeah, a ton of bears, but yeah, no, it was, uh, so it'll be interesting to see what 2021 is. You I know? think, yeah, I mean, I think people are just going to be, going to be just as busy. I think COVID was a good kick in the butt for a lot of people that are into this kind of hobby and lifestyle, right? Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? You're sitting around doing nothing. You could be out doing something. Yeah, for sure. You know, wasting the same amount of time, spending more money. Yeah. But at least having a lot more fun. So actually, the zone where we elk hunt, um, even to get a, a mule deer doe tag, I think this year, usually you get it like almost every year. And I think it was like a two or three priority this year. For yeah, the draws were doe. way out of whack this year. Yeah, and like moose, like a late moose, usually get it on a two and it was like a four. And this was where we elk hunt. Like around here, um, the rut tag is like a nine priority. It's just insane, right? But we can hunt archery every year, which is super nice. And uh, we had a lot of fun with moose this year. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to, to 21. Yeah, you might have to make a priority come here moose hunt. We got a longer season. I might. We I, got, might I might have to. When we got when three weeks. Oh, year's end, September 1st, yeah. your archery? It's they like got four or five six days. Day, six September days. 1st, yeah. yeah. Yeah, August 25th to September 1st, six days. Yeah, you got a chance, man, but that's tough. It's the worst six days. Yeah. It, of any of, of the entire hunting season from August 25th to November, November 1st, those first six days are the worst. Because they're the hottest. Yeah. And, yeah. It was a hot day on the 27th, and I caught a, a cow and a bull feeding in a cow block, and I put a stock on them and flung an arrow right over the back. But, um, you know, the way I looked at moose is I always really targeted elk early on, but I got to travel so far for them, right? So I'm like, moose, man, I can go right after work. We have them here. Why not? Because yeah. um, we can hunt them till the 20, is it 23rd or 23rd? Yeah, something like that. So, But yeah, once that, uh, once that first 10 days of September rolls around, especially, I mean, the first after the first 10 days of September, it doesn't really matter what the weather's doing. Yeah. The moose are moving. They're rutting already. They're yeah. Pre-rut, whatever you want to call it. Um, but if the weather's cool, that August 25th to September 10th is just, just as great because it's pre-rut too. Yeah. But if sure. it's hot, they're just cutting down on the mileage so much. Yeah. And, and you're still going to catch them. But that, that early season, that bow season, all the animals are like, they're so used to just no pressure oh i know that's yeah. why i love it <laughs> they're so used to not hearing calls yeah. not hearing quads not hearing gunshots yeah 
There's just animals everywhere. And that's what it seems like, yeah. There's just like every corner you look, it's like deer, deer, moose, moose, moose. Yeah. Like years ago, like a decade ago, it was probably my busiest season was always November. Mm-hmm. And but back then I never really was into bow hunting. Yeah. And now I'm starting to really get into bow hunting, doing it more and more. And now all of a sudden it's shifted that September is my busiest time of the year. Well the days are twice as long. Yeah, that's or nice. Maybe even yeah. three times as long. And you know, you're hunting for 17 hours instead of the 8 or whatever we get. Especially when you're chasing elk. You're up at like yeah. 4.30 in the yeah. morning yeah. going after elk. Because you, you got to be out there in your spot before the sun even starts to break to try to track down these bugles. Yeah, no elk hunts. Yeah, and you got... Did you go opening week this year? Opening week of rifles, September 17th? Yeah. So, yeah, 2020, I did, I did that archery moose hunt. Okay. I did two sheep hunts. Um, you guys did a mule deer hunt. Then I did I did a velvet archery mule deer hunt in southern Alberta. Did you um, get one? No. You didn't? Okay. Well, it so, went well, yeah, though, yeah. Right? Yeah. I had so many opportunities. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, it was a nightmare, but it was an absolute like blast. And you went solo? Uh, I went with a friend of mine. Okay. But when I was out during the day hunting, I was by myself. Yeah. And running the camera spot and stock Man, that, with that's the bow the toughest thing it is so difficult spot and stock bowing with the camera in the cat in the on brush. our on our last day of that mule deer hunt i had we spotted a really nice mule deer that was bedded down and i did uh so we kind of planned out how i was going to get up to him did the stock got to where he bedded and he wasn't there anymore and so i kind of had to blindly started trying to find where this where this deer was and you gotta keep in mind your wind direction and everything and down in southern Alberta everything is just wide open yeah it's difficult and came up over this hill there he is just bedded there and the adrenaline was just pumping turned on the GoPro that had mounted on my bow didn't range him it was the biggest mistake and I shot right underneath his belly. Man, it's crazy how when you're bow hunting and, you know, everything seems to be going so good and then you make, you know, just a, a dumb move, like not ranging. Like I did that twice where I, first one I didn't range, second one I doubted the range and I don't know how many guys I've talked to where they're like, yeah, you know, I ranged, like even our, our lynx hunt when me and Joe went. He ranged that fucking lynx in the tree. He said it was 15 yards. And I looked at him like, man, that, that looks like a long 15 yards. He fucking <laughs> ranged that thing five times and it was 15. Yeah. But you sort of got that tunnel vision, right? And you're amped right up when you see that animal. And you think it's closer than it is. You think it's farther than it is. You think you know exactly what it is and you don't even range it. Or you range it and you're doubting yourself. Yeah. You know, everything just goes right out the door because you got tunnel vision and everything seems to be going so good when you put a stock on You hear that imaginary clock ticking in your head where that animal's going to run away. Like, yeah. Well, so that, much time. On that same mule deer hunt, like, I blew three other stocks just because I was ranging them. Okay. That's like, a killer. Like they, were there, they were there feeding away from me. So I got ready, got the camera set up, pulled out the rangefinder. And because of that extra few seconds of me ranging them, they looked back and I got busted. So then on, yeah, on that last mule deer on the last day, I was like, screw it. I'm not going to range it this time because of what happened all the other time. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, it's everything just needs to come together perfectly. Did you situations. see that rangefinder that the guy who used to work on our boats, he had that rangefinder on his boat? It wasn't like the new ones, but he had a like a rangefinder underneath his sight. Oh no, I didn't see that. That he turned on and then when you're like you like pointed at some and it yeah. Like so it was separate from the sight? It was separate oh. from the sight. So Gar- like Garmin makes thing. one that's automatic now. They do. Yeah. So you just point your target and the dot just tells you okay aim here and it puts the dot a little higher or lower and more and more people are using those I've noticed yeah but like when they first came out everyone's like man there's no way this is going to work in, in grass and thick bush yeah but I've been seeing a lot of people um, for me though then how does we, it work in our temperatures when we're in late season well that, yeah. but imagine your batteries die yeah. imagine you shoot a 400 inch elk and you can't enter it in the books yeah. because you used a Garmin range sight and yeah. it's just it well they really, didn't allow light and notch for the longest time until like a couple months ago yeah 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 and so now you can't use cellular trail cameras for any of that stuff too so if you get a cellular trail camera pick on this bull that you see the night before or week before you go and hunt it I don't know where the line is yeah. there it but it, it can't be entered that's Buddha really? rocket yeah Pope and Young too or no I don't know I don't know I'm pretty sure Pope and Young. I thought it was Pope. It might be one in Crack, but I'm not sure. But yeah, it's crazy, man. You know, electronics are are. Uh, well, it's both. In. Both record books don't allow the electronic uh, sights and stuff. Oh, okay. I don't think I could be wrong. Interesting. But I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you can't use anything that's not like fixed. Oh, okay. But yeah, I don't know. Even the lighted knocks, that part didn't really make sense because it doesn't really help the kill at all. No, it's more about the recovery. Yeah, um, but that was something Jim Shockey was really pushing hard. I think. So now the recovery thing. So what sort of bugs me is you can't use. So you can't. The only thing you can use dogs for in Alberta is chasing cougars, but you can use dogs in BC to recover ungulates. Oh, I didn't know you could use them in BC. Yeah. I know that lots of states you can use them. Yeah, so you can use them in BC for, for predators and then for ungulates. But in ungulates, I don't think you can use them during the hunt. Or no, no, they have to be leashed. So you can use them during your hunt, but they have to be leashed. I don't know how it would benefit so you, you during your hunt. hunt a deer yeah, with a dog? Yeah, that's what I was told. So this outfitter told me. So they can be used um, for predators and then for ungulates, but ungulates, they have to be leashed. So it's more than less... Um, so you can use them to uh, recover and search for for critters. He said he's never never has. Yeah. But um, well, it's very productive down the like at least down in the states where I have seen some guys talk about doing like look for three or four days. I think it would make a lot of sense. Get a hound out there, that. find it in a couple minutes. I don't know how many guys I, I've talked to, and even at the shop here where they've shot a deer they've searched for it couldn't find it and then they're shed hunting and they find their deer yeah. you know what i mean um or you find it a week too late and the wolves have got it and the meat's rotten but if you have dogs and you have like even a speck of blood you know then yeah, at least yeah. you can recover that deer but uh, again you cross that imaginary line and everything changes yeah. everything changes so um they change the rules now for the mountains too eh? With dogs? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good change. I, I really like that change. Why not, though? Well, that's the thing. is Forever, it's been like, why not? doesn't make sense. Why not? Yeah, so explain that one. There was a gray zone, but, like, I don't know, some conservation officers didn't really care. Yeah. So, so what was that original law? You just couldn't have a dog with you while you are hunting. 
You can't have a big game. Yeah, you can't have a dog with you while you're hunting big game. Okay, so when so you're that was sheep. that was just a blanket statement for all of Alberta. No matter what, you're just not allowed to have a, a, a okay. dog with you yes. for big game. Yeah. With when you're hunting big game or you're actively searching for big game, yeah. whatever the words are. Um, but now in the 400 series WMUs, which is only the mountains, you're allowed to have a dog that is used as a utility animal. So either a harness, which most dogs would be wearing in the mountains anyway, or a pack. But not for tracking. Well, it doesn't matter. They just have to be. You can shoot a sheep with your dog sitting right beside you. He just has to have a pack on or a harness. Oh, okay. He doesn't have to be on a leash. He doesn't have to be on anything. A dog's never going to help you kill a sheep. No. Never. <laughs> the only thing a dog's going to do is help you not get eaten. Yeah. That's it. Especially my dog. I don't think he's going to help with and maybe eating a sheep afterwards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's no way, you know, yeah. sheep can get away from wolves or going to get away from your German Shepherd. So that that's not it's not a help to you. It's a silly law to be in place, especially yeah, in the sure. mountains. Yeah. Because the only people like the only reason somebody wants to take a dog to the mountains is to either help pack, which isn't really realistic either. Because by the time a dog, pound for pound, dogs can't pack that much weight. No. So they're packing their own food. That's about all they can pack. Mm-hmm. So a dog is just a good companion, security, watches camp, takes care of. You know, if you have a wrangler or a cook. It's just something great to uh, have yeah. in camp. Yeah. Or out on the hunt with you if you're backpacking, fine. You know, if you got an active dog. So the the law had said no no dogs or whatever while big game hunting. So you couldn't have had that dog just at camp with your camp cook? So, I mean, by the book, I've talked like about it. Like at I've, moose camp. Can you have a dog in moose camp? Yep, absolutely. So then you could have a dog at sheep camp? Yep. And, and yeah, I'm like, I've joked about it, taking my dog, packing my dog in or whatever, and just leaving them at, well, I, I've taken my dog Bear to camp, camp. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we are hunting anywhere yeah. even near the no, camp. No, and, yeah. and the dog doesn't go with you anyway, he's yeah. hanging our camp. The same with, sh- with sheep, whether you're hiking in, horseback in, quadding in, whatever, if your dog's at camp, your dog's at camp, you're not hunting from yeah. camp. <clears throat> but now, like, in the mountains, you just, it's it was such a silly, doesn't make any sense, because... Okay, if I want to play the rules, I'm going to take my dog with me. And if the rule is, well, he has to stay at camp. Okay, well, the camp's in my backpack eight hours a day, (laughs) ten hours a day. Okay, so the camp, if the dog's tied to my backpack, he's always at camp. And then I set up camp. We spend the night there. I pick it back up, and I walk with my dog. He's always at camp. Yeah, it's nice for the guys who go solo. But... I'm actively chasing big game yes. whilst at camp. Yeah. If yeah, you want to yeah, get yeah. Free so technical, then you're, yeah. right? So that's where the gray area was, where it depended on the conservation yeah, officer. Yeah. And it's all stupid because it doesn't make any sense. A, a dog's never gonna help you kill a sheep. That yeah. dog is your alarm system at night too. Exactly. That's it. That's we already can. Thing. We can't bring handguns into the mountains, which, yeah. which is a whole other argument that yeah. I do not want to get yeah. into right now. But <laughs> <laughs> like you have no protection out there against nice. grizzlies. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had any run-ins with grizzlies? Um, not anything super close. You've okay. seen quite a few. We, we have seen a few in the. Like, I don't know thousand yard mark but okay yeah yeah we've never we've never ran into them right on the trail yet thank god i still haven't spotted a grizzly in the alberta mountains yet besides you know driving through the park or something but okay. hunting i've never seen a grizzly only black bears yeah, yeah we've seen a couple hunting and uh there was actually one in 2019 
Uh, we went out on a sheep hunt, and we were sitting up on this one peak, and we are having lunch, just having our mountain houses up there. And we're watching the sow with her cub just rooting about a thousand yards away. So we watched her for a little bit, packed up, like finished lunch, packed up, started hiking all, along Skyline. And we got about a kilometer down the, the mountains and we looked back at where we were sitting for lunch and that sow had just started charging right where we were sitting eating our lunch earlier. Oh, so wow. I don't know if she like all of a sudden got smell, yeah, got, got wind of what, when we were over there from earlier, I have no idea, but it was crazy how quick she got a thousand yards and right to where we were having lunch. And we were actually camped like right on the other side of that peak too. So that was, uh, that was not a comfortable night's rest. No, for sure. And you know, Back to the dog thing, um, we were scouting in, in 2019 in the summertime and took the dog with us. This is before you were allowed to have them yeah. hunting, right? So we weren't hunting, didn't have a rifle with us, took the dog. We were just backpacking. Sheep scouting and we were, there was four of us, Katie and I, Dylan and Ryan, and we were same thing, sitting along the river having mountain house dinner. It's like six, seven o'clock in the evening, just starting to like, the sun's starting to go down and everything but yeah. you know it doesn't get dark till 10 and we're just sitting there and eating Ryan finishes up starts to walk towards the river to go wash up and here he's face to face with like one of the biggest black bears I've ever seen and we're in this narrow valley where you could shoot an arrow from one cliff wall to the other like it's maybe 50 60 yards across wow and there's just a little river and enough path for a horse trail and a couple campsites and so we're like in this basically a narrow hallway with this bear right and Ryan's face to face with it and the dog Coda he just gets up runs straight at Ryan right past his legs right to the bear squares up with it bear turns tail runs away wow the dog just walks and he's not trained he was one and a half maybe one years old at this time still a puppy he just walked followed that bear walked until he could see the bear running down the river the dog just sat and watched the bear cross the river twice and until he was out of sight and gone. And then that dog came back and sat and just faced that way all night, yeah. the whole night. Never yeah, it's moved. crazy how bears, you know, when they hear that bark, they just want nothing to do with it. Not even the bark necessarily. Okay. Just this natural smell. Oh, okay, it's yeah. Just not, it's just not something they mess with. Dogs, yeah. and, dogs and bears just don't get along. No. And some of it could be just natural, you know, bear. Like wolves, wolves would kill the just, shit out of a bear. Know, but they just, you know, it's just not something I should be messing with. And my dog, I mean, my dog's 150 pounds. He's not a small But dog. even these guys who chase, like, bears with dogs, like, they're using 35 oh, pounds. We had a Jack Russell in the Yukon that chased a sow grizzly away. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, away. Man. And it's, a Jack Russell is as big as a football. <laughs> And like same with cats, right? Like cougars, yeah. you can release two two dogs and a cougar, and they'll have that line in the tree. But now wolves, I, I've talked to guys who who've chased bears and cougars, and those wolves will hear the barking and they'll come to the dogs because they know there's dogs, right, to kill them. Well, everybody's seen those those messed up security camera videos on Facebook oh, of like wolves. coyotes and wolves coming yeah, out yeah, of yeah, front yards yeah. and shit. Yeah. Yeah, those are hard to watch. So have you guys seen many grizzlies up north around Fort Mac, like in the bear baits or anything around there? Grizzlies up there? No. Yeah. No, no they don't uh, they don't venture that far out. I have heard of 
some sightings around Peace River. Oh yeah, for sure. And even if you, yeah, you go into like the Canadian Tires up there, and there's like a local hunting store. They got posts up on the wall saying if you see a grizzly, call it in. Oh really? Yeah. Hmm. yeah I haven't heard. I'm of surprised any... you guys don't have any up there. There's a lot around Peace River though. They see we got cougars everywhere. Yeah. We got cougars around Fort Mac, and they're they're showing up more and more. Um, what else new? Last year I had a, I had a few uh, elk on my trail cameras around the Wandering River area. Yeah. So they're starting to move more like northeast, which is yeah. good. Wow. But uh, a lot of wolves too. Like I, I do a lot of, a lot of hunting around Wandering River for whitetail, and it's it's not what it used to be. The last two years it's just been pounded by wolves. Wow. And there's three different packs of wolves out there that I know of. And cougars moved in. And yeah, the last two years I've barely seen any deer. It's yeah, it's crazy how much of an impact bad. those wolves can have on them, man. So that's that's why I'm here now. I'm gonna take care of some wolves. Payback. Not to make you shake in your boots or anything, but I have video of uh, Grizzly and I took it standing beside where your blind is. Oh, really? <laughs> You're going to be sitting in tomorrow. That was a big grizzly. That was a big grizzly. And that was like in the snow in November. It was in late November. Wow. It was like the last day of the season. Wow. Well, they're, I'd imagine they're sound asleep now. I would hope so. I, I took the 30-30 with me. Like in this, day, yeah, in this temperature, I don't think. The grizzlies are always the last to go in and the first to come out, typically. Yeah, no, I wouldn't... I, in all honesty, I wouldn't be worried weather. about bears at all. I would just be. I would just. Good rush. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, as long as you shoot them head on, you don't shoot them in the ass. You have a fair shake when it yeah. comes to court. Yeah. Um, Tommy probably took the biggest rest sitting in that tree stand when we had a grizzly there. Yeah, like give the it day to before. Yeah. Um, at the very least, he wanted to see one though. I was happy to see that he put his Crocs in four wheel drive before he climbed that. <laughs> Stan, because I told him, he's, Crocs. he wears Crocs in bear season, all bear season. That's all he ever wears, like Crocs on his feet. No boots. <laughs> I, he's from Saskatchewan, I don't understand it. Barefoot Crocs. Because you know how muddy it is and just yeah. dusty and oh yeah. Swears by it. Never took anything, never wore, bear? Yeah, never wore anything else. Stocking in the stand, he's wearing Crocs. Camouflage, but they're Crocs. And so I was giving him shit all week, he was there, and I said, well... You're at the grizzly bait. At the very least, you should flip those into four-wheel drive. So before he climbed up, he flipped the little oh, things over his back. ankle. <laughs> climbed up there. Because you guys baited that the the, the night, night before, before. And that night, like just an hour earlier. Check the camera, and it was like 45 minutes, and there was a grizzly there. And we baited it in the dark because he got here late at night. He he's like, at like midnight. He's something. like, yeah, I'm bored. Don't really want to sleep. I've been up. You know, I've got a rush from driving. I said, well, we could go fill that bait if you want. We're not going to hunt it for two days. He's like, yeah, I got a headlamp. Let's go fill it. And then, yeah, check the camera the next day, 45 minutes later, in the dark, there's a grizzly there. A huge grizzly, too. Yeah, and we knew it. We've seen this. Like, we've seen him there quite a bit. But we had, so we had him and Tim and then Eric and I at the the bear camp. And so the goal was to get him and Tim a bear. So we only really had, I think, three baits or four baits. Mm -hmm. So we're like, yeah, there's a grizzly here, but we do have black bears coming and going. Like, if someone wants to kill one, we can do one here. We just got to get over the fact that there are grizzlies around. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, no, it. Uh, I don't think the grizzly came through after that point that weekend. No, I'm never not saw too it sure. Again, but it was a good sized bear, and every time a black bear would come in, that bear would be so sketched out. Because Man, he, he was like, he's got to be like eight, nine hundred pounds. Like, big, big bear, big grizzly, yeah. and just old looking. Like yeah. we've got photos of him, just like a real gnarly really looking snow, yeah. like big head on him. Big Grizzlies are probably the only thing. That I'm scared of. Oh, you got it. out in the woods. Like, cougars don't bother me. Wolves don't bother me. It's just grizzlies. And so we've got them on every single trail camera. Yeah. And every 20 minutes out of town in every direction. Yeah. So I don't think we'll... I don't think we'll ever have grizzlies or elk around Fort Mac. There's just too much muskeg in, yeah, between, in between Fort Mac and anywhere else. Yeah. There's nothing up there. And then plus we had that fire that huge fire there years ago yeah and now hunting anything you, like it seems like I have to go it's tough I have to drive That's two, where we're to drive the two hours or but now deer. because ours is 10 years old but now old. moose are moving in they're yeah. starting to move in and a lot of black bears are starting to move in but the deer numbers are still really low and that's okay. what we're finding too is our burns are that's now 10 years old right this yeah. year last year being 8 9 years old so the there's moose decent just, growth the moose are just, like five, cause, five, cause, yeah, cause it's, yeah. it's it's six feet high yeah. so it's right at their head they just walk along and chew everything yeah all the buds yeah yeah and they love that burn like that's where you shot at that one when you were with me there. yeah we were in that in that burn from 2011 yeah and he's just in the willows yeah there's a lot of moose in that that spot there so um you know 2021 is here you're kicking it off with a wolf hunt what else do you got planned for the year um our spring bear hunt yeah we figured we're gonna we're gonna try a new challenge here oh yeah. boy instead of sitting i'm still gonna run a bait i got a couple friends that want to sit on it and yeah. i have a really nice blonde that was there last year nice so i'm hoping that bear is gonna show up again but other than that we're gonna be doing a spot and stock archery mountain backpack backcountry hunt man <laughs> yeah. that'd be something else mountain, we're gonna wear a yeah with the bows yeah there's a good population of black bears back there oh yeah 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 that'd i don't be think a there's a beautiful be, hunt to film yeah i don't think there's gonna be any shortage of bears and that's what i told especially Matt, if you guys are going together one guy running the camera one yeah well shooting. hopefully we're gonna go a group of four it's gonna be four oh, of us wow. Um, but if we time it just perfect yeah. and we get there right when the grass growth starts on the mountains, okay. there's, they're going to be like mice, those bears, they're going to be everywhere. For sure. So, you know, like typically around here and even where you are, you know, you can go late April and you're going to see a ton of bears or late May and see a ton of bears. Is there a better, is like, is the timing a little bit different for the mountains typically? Well, we haven't decided on a timeline yet, but I th- yeah. I'm feeling... Because we don't like live the there, we're so much for, further north, right? Our our winter leaves later. Yeah. Um, I think it's gonna be like that early mid May. Okay. And I think we'll we should just see how the spring goes and yeah. just try and hit, yeah. Hit see it if just you have right. an early spring, go a little earlier. Yeah. If it's a typical spring or later. Because yeah. we know with bear season opens mid April, you've got so you've got two weeks before you can even think about baiting sometimes some years right? yeah like there's still two feet of snow april sometimes 1st. april 1st is it first yeah, yeah. april 1st so, yeah, in yeah, my yeah. area and yeah i remember yeah last spring god there was like two feet of snow yeah. still i don't I even think we've got a video of us hiking in april like 14th i believe it is yeah. and we were up to our waist, waist yeah. in snow we had a lot of snow last year though yeah, yeah. We did. but even then like 
you know, there's so many bears around. We killed a bear, I think it was like May 2nd, and we've killed them in the end of April before. And Wasn't Amy's like April 19th? That was like the earliest, like yeah. middle of April. We could not believe but it. But no snow that year. No <laughs> snow, yeah. So, um, so yeah, you know, a lot of guys say, yeah, you know, go mid-May and that's the best time to get them. But, you know, at the end of the day, if there's bears around, you're going to, they've got to eat, right? Well, the way so. I'm looking at this bear hunt. In but the- something like that, you almost got to hit it perfect because the snow might stick around in those yeah. those areas a bit longer than it does around here. So you yeah. might have snow until May 1st. Well, you're going to have to target certain slopes. If you go, like, if you go a little too early, then you're going to, you're only going to have patches of feed. Yeah. You know, you want it all to just sort of be just turning green yeah like all of it just perfectly no more snow and i'm sort of going at it like we just make a really nice cinematic hunt that would be like, awesome a really man. good job filming yeah. it because we should just see bears yeah like we always go into the mountains hoping we're gonna see sheep and that's called kind of always the main thing on your mind like god i hope we see sheep yeah yeah i hope we see sheep but at least with this, it's like, we should see bears. Yeah. Let's go and just enjoy the trip. Yeah. Like, let's go and walk the ridges. Let's hunt with different people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and we you know, might learn some new access roads. Exactly. Like it's just, yeah. And get back and into the mountains. And sheep scouting. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's all for sheep scouting. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's all for sheep scouting. So you guys are hunting. Um, is this going to be an area where you guys were last year or a totally new spot or were you planned? I don't think we've decided. Yeah, we narrowed it down to exactly where think, we're going to no, go. Yeah. We're, we're too much alike, and if we start looking, <laughs> it, gets too, it gets too crazy. Yeah. So I'm, I, for me, anyway, I'm holding off till we're a little bit closer. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because I will bang my head against the yeah. wall until I'm ready to go. Yeah, if we start looking at that now, we're going to be wrapped up in it for months, <laughs> and we're just going to get a crazy itch. It's better like, like... This time of year is my training period. This is, I just oh, focus okay. on working out, building my legs up for next sheep season, and that's, that's awesome. my main focus on, on these few months. Yeah, it'll be super cool, and I think that's something that I... I don't know if I've ever seen, like, a... a a mountain backpack bear archery hunt in the spring before i think it'd be a good idea to have one long range rifle with us but if everybody's packing a bow just have one rifle in camp would be great just Even, just just if somebody wants to poke something yeah long and, everybody's got and those hunts man it's so much about you know getting in there just the beauty of the mountains and where you are and going in with a solid mountain team too like four yeah. people that just to take care of it, themselves. It is hard to get like a group of guys that are willing to just all on the same page. Yeah. And that are all on the same page. Yeah. And we'll just motivate each other and push and push. And that's it, so it is hard important, to get a group man. like that together. Yeah. Especially like for the mountains. Like, you know, a lot of it's tough out there. And it's that about negative because, energy is just a cancer when and, you're yeah, fucking up And so many stuff. guys already like say they're ready and would swear they're ready and just yeah. aren't and so many guys would say the opposite too and they don't give themselves enough credit well it might be one guy's physically ready but not mentally yep. ready and yep. one guy's mentally but he just physically mm-hmm. can't fucking go another it's still smile, mentally right? is still and is we, the biggest thing yeah. is the biggest and we thing. saw the dynamic on our on our sheep hunt um you know no fault of anybody's i don't think we had a little bit of a, a crazy first day did a long ass <laughs> what we figured after you know, come afternoon was pretty unnecessary of a hike. Not that it really matters. Um, but me personally, yeah. I didn't eat that morning. We got up. We thought we were quadding in most of the way. I thought, oh, yeah, we're going to walk in four or five hours. It'll be fine. No yeah. problem. Didn't eat that morning. Quad doesn't start. Oh, okay, fuck. first off. Okay, we're all piling in Manny's quad. And we're going to go. Well, we get 
partway up, okay, well, we can't even go as far as we thought. So yeah. now we're walking. Okay, we're walking. Walk all day, don't eat, don't eat, start feeling shitty, oh, like, mid-noon. We finally figure out where we're going, right? We're finally on a good page. These yeah. guys are excited. Yeah, They're feeling good. in a new area, too. And I was just, like, in the dumps. Like, my energy was low. And, like, mentally, I'm fine. I'm like, fuck, you're so much better than this. Yeah. You can keep up with these guys. You're in good shape. You're packing <laughs> well, light. And I'm like, these guys are going to think that I'm just, like, this hack. That, like, they're dragging along with But you know you aren't. It's just, and I'm like, yeah, I know I'm not, but I'm like, man, I just gotta get some energy in me. And I'm, like, chugging water. I'm telling these guys, I'm like, let me just get some water in me. Can I get some food in me? Yeah. And, like, just maintain, like, keep them in sight, right? Yeah. And I'm half dizzy, stumbling along. We get to camp. Next day, perfectly fine. Totally, yeah. totally well, good. The, the way in, I don't know. I had all kinds of energy. Like, yeah. I was way and I was, I was ahead of you guys. You yeah. and Marty... Bring me stopped. You got a picture of us sleeping, I got standing a up. Of both of them sleeping, leaning on their hiking poles. Pat, like they're just passed out, leaning oh, on their hiking okay. poles. I'm like, man, is this what you guys are gonna be the rest of the hunt? And then the, the next day, our, our friend Marty just got like a second win or yeah. something, and he was running up the mountain. Wow. I think he and packed I'm a dying. kilo. He packed a kilo of cocaine. Yeah. In <laughs> Yeah, and it's crazy when you're going into a new spot too. It's always a little bit frustrating because the unknown, the yeah. unknown, right? But that's why figure out how to get in there. You don't know what canyons are coming. And up. that's why it was so Google Maps are great because you get an idea, but it's never what you no, fucking yeah. expect. Yeah, and that's why it's great to have a good team. Like yeah. Marty, the whole time, no matter what, he was like, "Stop being a pussy." Yeah, like just keep walking, <laughs> and he he wouldn't even say it. He would just sort of smirk at you, turn around and keep walking. Yeah. Even if he looked tired, right? And he would do it to both of us. Yeah. He was in, whether we like it or not, better mountain shape than either one of us. And even though that was his first time out this year. Yeah, his first time out this year. We've been out twice. (laughs) And so it is what it is, right? But he would keep us too motivated. And then we keep each other motivated. And then, you know, maybe at camp, Marty doesn't get so, like, not specifically Marty, but maybe at camp somebody doesn't do so well in the yeah. evening, right? Maybe gets homesick or something. Yeah, yeah. Another guy can be totally positive and maintain that. Everybody maintains that trip for everybody yeah. else. And yeah, that's, that's so important. it's so important then compared to taking people that, you know, maybe aren't as experienced and you're, like, watching over them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it gets really tough. It can be very stressful on, like, one yeah. single person. Yeah. We were feeling it mentally at the end of it. And we, were, oh, we weren't absolutely. even in there that long. It's so, just once we seen those wolves, our mood's totally... Well, we flipped. just knew there's, like, not a whole lot we can do. We have four days, and our four days were all eggs in one basket. Yeah. And what was the turning point? You pulled out, like, a huge thing of salami... Yeah, and a block of yeah. cheese out of his backpack, yeah. and mood change. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? You pack salami on yeah. a cheap lunch? Yeah, yeah, that was a good lunch. Yeah, that was, that was a midday. So was that a, a week or five days or we ten days? Four or days, five days. I think we came out in four, but so yeah. will you guys go back to that spot? We're we're not sure yet. Yeah, sure. Well, we yeah. I posted a picture of that spot. Like, did Pre- you guys see some some good sheep sign? Oh, there's sheep in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, funny thing, we were just talking about this this evening, too. I posted a picture on Instagram of these guys that I took on that hunt. Yeah. And it wasn't up 20 minutes. One of the other guy, one of the other avid sheep hunters here in Alberta comments, I bet you I have a picture that matches that one. Oh, really? And he <laughs> sends me a photo of him sitting in the exact same spot. And here we thought... 
Yeah, it looks like one or two guys maybe yeah. come in here a few years we ago. We might be the first guys. We're the first guys that came in here. We found like some local honey hole yeah. that only a couple yeah. people really knew about. No. Yeah, Instagram knows. That's the thing with Alberta. <laughs> There's just not many places to hunt sheep that you can access. That other people hunt. Yeah. Man, I, I, so unless you have horses. Yeah. But then still, like, yeah. I don't know, there's just guys everywhere. It's there's, just, there's, there's not so, only so many access points, right? Yeah. yeah. And I've talked to guys. Well, who, there's, if, if you could highlight the circles of, like, limitation. Yeah. Like, you give everybody that walks a 20-kilometer circle. You give everybody that rides a horse a 70-kilometer circle. Yeah. If you could actually do that on a map, you would find some really cool spots that okay. maybe nobody got into. Yeah. But everybody's hitting those same... Yeah. Like, everybody's limitations are pretty much ballpark with each other. Everybody's yeah. thinking the same thing. Yeah. When you're looking on Google Earth, everybody's thinking the that same thing. That looks let's, real sheepy. Yeah, let's push a little harder next year. Everybody does that. Then you get into this spot you think is going to be a total honey hole yeah. no one's ever been in. There's like Let's go a camps. day earlier this year. Oh, so did everybody yeah, else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Sheep hunting is a whole other world. For yeah. me, sheep hunting has almost become more of how do I get away from people than yeah, how do okay. I find a sheep because yeah. I feel like if I at least get away from people I might get away I might find the sheep yeah. but getting away from the people is the trick yeah they say you'll, you'll learn on what your first day whether or not you're never going to do it again okay or yeah. you're going to be addicted to it yeah that's one and I'd imagine the mental game is sort of something to look forward to almost you know and a bit addicting too just knowing that you're going to have a bit of that struggle and that, you know, you sort of like that as bad as it is sometimes. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, there's a passion in all of it. Like yeah. the pain, the being soaking wet almost every day. That's sm smelling to. like God knows what. <laughs> yeah. Living in a plastic bag. Like you're just sleeping in a tarp that just smells like your soul. <laughs> <laughs> and you know eating bagged food that makes your gut smell exactly like the bagged food yeah. yeah yeah and barely surviving drinking water that is coming out of the sheep probably piss in yeah and you know like on our you hunt. gotta be the type that likes the challenge yeah. so you guys like it so much you're going in the spring and calling it bad yeah, I just yeah. I, exactly. <laughs> I feel defeated every time I go and it just like fuels that and I yeah. just want to go again and try harder and harder yeah. and harder like it's crazy what your body can actually do, though. Yeah. When you when you have no choice, if you don't mentally break yeah. down. Your yeah. body can go through yeah. some shit. And when and you really see it when you have no choice. When yeah. you're when you chase a sheep or whatever, you chase mountain peaks all day long one direction. You turn around to come back in the mm -hmm. afternoon, and all of a sudden it's raining, thunderstorming sideways on you, and you have no other choice but you have to walk that distance back to town yeah, no you doubt. have no choice you have no choice you have zero choice you can't just sit <laughs> out and put a rock over you and hope for the best no, you yeah. gotta get to your tent at yeah. least it's so different though like sheep hunting it's almost spiritual oh absolutely like, it, it, spiritual you can go on a sheep hunt not see anything leave a day later you look back on it and you're like man that was awesome yeah. it's just different you don't you don't hear anything there's no traffic you don't hear any quads back there Wilmore becomes a no-fly zone. You don't got propeller planes flying around all the time. Yeah. Like you, you hear nothing. You hear yeah. nothing but nature when you're back there. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing. Like, I don't know how many years somebody can go without getting an elk or something. You, you'd be pretty pissed off. 
For yeah. sure. Sheep hunting, yeah. you can go 10 years yeah. and not get a sheep, and you're yeah. still going to keep going. Like it's, well, a lot it's of guys, different. A lot of guys, you know, especially coming here the last few years, yeah. been paying attention to it. It's like, how long, how many years did you go before you got your first sheep? Seven, eight, yeah. nine, yeah. ten years. And they'll show me photos of, like, tons of sheep, but just not quite the right one. Or something yeah. happened, or somebody beat them to it. Or, yeah. yeah, and then it seems like it takes, like, five or six years to really find that spot. Right where where the people where, where people aren't. The yeah. nice thing is too is after a sheep hunt, if you got more hunts planned, if you do a sheep hunt first, the rest of the hunting season it seems easy. It's so easy. easy. Yeah. Like <laughs> chasing elk around after you've been on a sheep hunt is yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go on a sheep hunt and you're packing, you're toting around a seventy or sixty pound pack. Yeah. And then you go to elk elk hunting and you got you know maybe your jet boil, maybe a little bit of food, some water, and your weapon. Mm-hmm. in a rain suit you're packing 10 pounds around feels like you're flying yeah, yeah and then you're you're like five kilometers back in the bush chasing elk and then you're thinking man if i get this thing back here how am i supposed to get it back yeah to the ranger <laughs> yeah. but what do you quad. do yeah you got no choice yeah you get it done yeah but that and that positive energy like having someone else there it just makes a such a big difference oh absolutely and, okay. and like you said like one bad negative person it's cancer to the whole it's so it's so much easier to resort to negativity than positivity yeah it's always easier and it just takes one person to drag a whole group into the mud yeah yeah for sure and when you're back in the fucking mountains like that it's not like you're going back to your truck at and all all it takes takes and you're getting away from the guy but there you ain't getting away from the guy so you gotta get a good group you might be sleeping with the freaking guy right right not get lucky and and all it takes is one one person to just write the trip off just say this is totally not worth it anymore yeah and it could be anything he could get one wet boot yeah and decide I'm done mentally I'm done yeah like write me off so we got this wolf hunt now (laughs) and then spring spring we were gonna have that mountain black bear hunt and then, so what will that be? That be a week long or ten days or what do you guys think? Well, we got to do at least a week. Probably a week, week. yeah. Just you should access. should bring a rifle just in case you see like a toad. Fuck well, it. We'll have a puppy with us yeah. too, which would be yeah. nice. Yeah, um, uh, I I think I'm gonna volunteer to be the rifle guy, but we'll see. And then uh, then we got sheep, and I think I'm gonna go five days. I'm gonna go out. Do the early I'm five days and be the opener. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. About August 25th, <coughs> maybe, I don't know, August 23rd or something. Get out there a little earlier. Do the sheep hunt and then go right to Velvet Mule Deer for September 1st. I I really want a Velvet Mule Deer, so I think I'm going to put a lot of time into that. Yeah. That's down in southern Alberta? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And then, and then we'll see. Like, October? October is always, like, I leave that month for just random hunts. Yeah. Like, it's just so muddy everywhere. October sort of like I that. Never really, yeah, I never really set, like, a specific hunt for October. So, I don't know, maybe another second sheep hunt or something. Or... I did really enjoy that season. Like, you know, it snowed every night on us and stuff. But being cold and nobody else walking around. And like the sheep... late season yeah, sheep hunt. And yeah, the sheep nice. starting to move. Like, you have a little bit of faith that you might see something new yeah. the next day. Where in the early season, it's like, well, if we spook them out, we spook them out. Yeah. But, you know, you kind of have a hope that they're running and maybe hopping over the next range. Single round or a couple of rounds. Yeah. It's just the yeah. scenery, too, is totally different. Totally like, the different. whole experience, yeah. it was just so raw. 
You're no leaves on the trees. Night. You're waking up in the morning and there's just fresh snow all over the peaks. And yeah, and can we get water or not? Yeah. <laughs> you don't, like, yeah, you don't really have much water running anymore. In the summertime, it's like, really? where can it's we get away frozen. from the water? And, this, and then this time it was you're, like, what's so frozen? Early what's October not? or mid-October last? Or? Was it like, it's the Thanksgiving weekend. It's like oh, the 24th yeah, or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, it was. Yeah. It was late. That was late. Jeez. Even like, what was it? The first the first day we hiked in on that sheep hunt, it had snowed. They were walking it snowed snow. all night and then that morning. And then the sun came out and everything was melting. Yeah. And all this melt coming off the trees was just dripping down on us. We were soaked. Yeah. Like our feet were drenched. And then we were gonna have trying to make a fire. All the wood was wet. But we had we had to get a fire going. <laughs> we had to dry out yeah, our stuff. For sure. Because that night it was gonna get to like zero below zero we had to get our stuff dried out yeah that was a fun trip though that was a really it was we it was got a really good out. trip oh man i fell <laughs> like i've never fallen before either i have a picture i don't i was gonna send it to you but it's a little risque oh yeah i fell we were walking down our last day <clears throat> our last day of hunting and we we're walking down this uh waterfall like dried up dried up water partially dried up waterfall and so the rock's not, it's like a cliff, but the rock's not sharp and jagged anymore. It's like smooth, like a water slide. Okay. And there's little pockets where the water's sort of dug out little, little holes. Just from the erosion. Yeah. And we're walking down. It's a little bit slimy yeah, from yeah, the moss sure. or whatever. Yeah. And I'm walking right behind Manny. Of course, Marty's gone. He's halfway to camp already. And I'm walking behind him. I'm like, man, it's sure is freaking slippery. And I'm slipping and sliding <laughs> and coming down and I'm watching him try not to fall. And then, I don't know, I opened my mouth, said something stupid, and, like, immediately, I went both legs up in the air. Oh, fuck. And I had my rifle on my back and shit, so I'm worried, and a spotting scope and yeah. stuff, right? So I kind of twisted in air and landed, ended up landing on my left ass cheek. Oh, like, yeah. the whole cheek. And it was pretty sore, but we, we walked out the next day. It was okay. Didn't feel bad we were hiking, but I got home, and I looked, and my whole left hip and thigh was black. Holy fuck. Cause I had just, and it was like, it was good. I felt on the meat, yeah. not on like the bone. Cause and it would have been out. bad. And we were still like, we were in the mountains still. Like yeah, we weren't yeah, even at, sure. we were still deep of camp. We had but a lot of those, it's like day camp. two or three when you really. Well, there was camp. that other day too. You almost got violated by a tree stump. Oh, that might have been the same day. That was the same day. That's a rough that day, same man. day. You just missed yeah. a little tree I stump. I slipped. <laughs> I slipped. And started sliding down, slipped, both feet went up in the air, started sliding down, riding oh, on my wow. ass, and I opened my legs, and there's just like this, stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's wild. But you know what? It's the beauty of sheep hunting. Because I'm excited this bear hunt is going to be, it's going to be something else. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So you got Marty. Marty coming and another friend of mine, Melissa Croden. She's uh, an MMA fighter. New hunter. But she can pull her weight. She's gonna come with us. It's gonna be lots of fun with everybody. Be four, wow. be four of us, pretty yeah. solid, solid group. Right on. Fantastic. Are you gonna draw any draw tags this year or I'll there's so much opportunity in Alberta just with general tags. I think I'm I think I'm gonna street. get a draw moose tag oh are this you year. for up north yeah yeah well for where we usually go elk hunting 
And oh yeah. Usually one of us always pulls a moose tag for that area just in case. And then I might get antelope this year. Oh really? Might rifle or archery? For rifle. Oh wow. So I'm priority ten. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, some zones are. I, I've heard guys getting them in some zones with a nine or ten. I started super late. Yeah. I think I might have like three or four. I think there's oh, really? a zone all the way up to fourteen now. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy. And you think ten years from now, you know that fourteen might it'll be, be eighteen. Yeah. Right? There's there's sheep zones that you can still put in for, that if you actually drew it, you'd be like 120 years old yeah. or something. Really. <laughs> yeah. And it's still, they still let people put in for it because it's, it's not just a money. It's just a money grab. Mm-hmm. It's a priority? Yeah. Oh, really? They're around, around like Cadman, around Cadman areas, there's some zones there. Lottery. And wow. they, they, like some guys actually did the math on it and you'd be over 100 years old by the time oh, you go to smokes, man. Unreal. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Well, man. <laughs> You are a, a man of adventure, and I'm glad we had you on this podcast. Uh, sounds like you got quite the year ahead of you. Yeah. So uh, I look forward to see how you're going to top 2020, but uh, I have no doubt you're going to come close. You're start with a wolf. You're going to come Let's close. Start with a wolf. Let's see if I can get a, a wolf here in the next couple of days. So you're filming the wolf hunt? Yeah. You have the camera rolling? Yeah, we're going to have a little heater buddy going. Nice. I got my Heli Hansen Perfect, man. suit. Stay warm. <laughs> yeah. What are we looking at for temperature? The next couple of days. We're in the minus 20s here. Yeah, it's going to be minus 30 first thing in the morning. With the but wind chill, yeah. yeah, it's supposed to get to like minus 18 by midday. So Yeah, yeah. I think uh, windy tomorrow, not so windy the next day. Pretty nice on Monday. Just coming out of the cold snap. So yeah. about five days ago, we had minus 63 yeah. with the wind oh, chill in Fort Mac. Shit, man. It was bad. That's crazy. So we're just getting out of that cold snap now. So yeah. things should start moving. One thing that I noticed, I just started using this here, are those just those like hand warmers. Yeah. Those shaker hand warmers. Yeah, some of them, them get them. real hot. And they are like I just started using them this season in the late November um, season and they uh, they can be a game changer. They They're a necessity when you're driving quads in the late season. Oh for yeah, your, yeah. For your sticking hands, your thumb. Yeah. And latex gloves. Oh really? Wear latex gloves underneath your mitts. Really? It's an old trappers thing. Yeah. Okay. It just Keep some moisture yeah. off your mitt. If it is that cold, like it just, it keeps all your body heat inside yeah, of it. It can't escape from the gloves. Makes sense. Wow, I've never thought of that. It makes total sense. So did you bring some latex gloves? I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. As my backup. You're going to have yeah. some condoms on your hands. <laughs> uh, what are you shooting for a rifle or what'd you bring? Uh, I brought two. So I brought a Tika 25-06. Okay. And I brought a Tika 7mm Rem Mag. Okay. It's just a little grain. Yeah. What I use for sheep hunting. Yeah. It's got the better scope on it, but the biggest thing, man, with this hunt is that you just got to be so tuned in. Whatever and your quickest, the most comfortable. Because, like he said, they might not come into the bait, but they might fucking circle around behind, or you know, just skirt that tree line, and uh, yeah, you got to be on point. We're taking the skidoos, I think, to get out there. Yeah. Oh yeah, you got to. There's no oh, other really? way. There's no other way out there now. Really, a lot snow. of snow. Oh yeah, nobody's been driving that road. So you've been snowmobiling out there. It's the only way. Wow. It's the only way, yeah. So I went and picked up, <laughs> went and borrowed a sled, so Manny had a sled to use. And yeah. So take the horses. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sitting tomorrow? Uh, no, I, I can't sit tomorrow. Yeah. I might sit the next day, though. Okay. Yeah. Right on, right on. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Manny. we got to have you on again. Maybe once you kill your wolf, we can do another follow-up podcast. Yeah, it's possible. We'll see how <laughs> things go. Let's get one down. <laughs>
<laughs> right on, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it big time. We're going to do another podcast giveaway. So tune in to our Facebook page when you listen to this podcast. We're going to have a question. Send us a message with the answer. And you are going to win a T-Rex hat knife or a T-Rex knife hat. And um, you're also going to win a couple bags of Antler Obsession. So check that out. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening.